Well, good evening. As we get into our Wednesday night Bible study, I got a couple things I want to share with you. It's, it's been a, a fun week, I guess you could say. Uh, really enjoyed Easter. Had a good time with my family as we just gathered. You know, I, I missed the church family. Uh, enjoyed the service we did. I want to thank Gina for for singing and music we did. It was a great time. I wish I do truly miss the church family miss seeing everybody this is a hard time for all as we go through this virus together you know just need to lift each other up tonight i have a special prayer request as we get started my stepdad george he's in the hospital i ask you to pray for him they took him to the hospital today he was passing blood uh still don't know what it is keeping him overnight and what makes it really bad is mama can't be there with him you know uh, with the uh, with the virus there's no visitation whatsoever so he's there alone and mama's home alone and they're both kind of upset and worried so i ask you to pray for them and lift them up and there's so many more of our church family i ask you to remember remember those of our church family who's been laid off we have we have so many who this is hurting not just uh with the being by themselves but also those who's lost their jobs who's lost their income don't know how they're going to do things how their bills are going to be paid. It's just really difficult time. So I ask you please to remember that. Also ask you today to, to, to think about each other. Uh, as we go through this, I know we have those who are sick in our church. Continue to pray for one another. Pray for the church that, that God will strengthen us during this time. And I know it's hard not being together, not studying together. I do miss the conversations we have during our Bible study. We've been in the book of Isaiah, but tonight I want to take a look at a couple of verses that are some of my favorite. Actually, we're going to look at a whole chapter, maybe if we can, of Isaiah, but we're going to skip ahead. We're in, I think we're in chapter 13 of our normal Bible study, but tonight we're going to look at something in Second Chronicles in chapter 7, one of my favorite verses. And in chapter 40 of Isaiah, I think they're very prevalent to talk about these because of what's going on in the world. You know, this week as I've been out, I've talked to to, to different people, uh, different places, and, and, and it seems there's like there's two different views concerning the COVID virus. And I was talking to my heart doctor uh this week and I had my appointment over the phone. It was so strange, you know, uh, almost felt like being there. I had a nurse called. We did a bunch, talked about a bunch of stuff. And then they put me on hold and I sat there for a while thinking, gee, this is just like being at the doctor's office. And then, but me and him got to talking and he was telling me that, that, you know, many of the doctors in town are scared. They're nervous because I guess they look and they know what the virus can do to the human body and how bad it is. So they're, they're scared. They're on the front line. The nurses are, are, are nervous about it. And, and I can understand why, because this is a very deadly il- illness. And I mean, you think it's not just killing older people as a lot of people think, or, or babies, this is killing everybody. I was listening to the news and, and they were talking about one of the sailors that was on that, that carrier who who had contracted the virus who died this past week and you think if anybody's going to be in good shape it's going to be members of our military and if it could do that to them what can it do to just any of us you know i have to think about my my family and my parents who you know were on up there in age a little bit my grandchildren both both my granddaughters have a, a mild form of asthma so i worry about them my grandson my kids and just everybody that, you know, they might 
get it. So, you know, I, I pray everybody does what they can to, to do the things that's right, the social distancing and, and different things. But I also ran to a, a guy in the this week and we were talking and he basically doesn't believe that the virus is bad or anything so you know that it's just made up by the media and it's not really bad but you know you know it's 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 strange to hear the different views on it but whatever you view whatever your view is or you know whatever it is there's only really one source of hope we have and that's found in God's Word. So tonight I want to look at a couple verses. Like I said, Second Chronicles chapter 7. Perhaps, like I said, I know many of y'all, I use this verse in a lot of my sermons. Uh, and it's verse uh, 14, but we're going to look at a couple of verses. We're going to look at 12 through 16 tonight. And, and basically, I can tell you, this is assurance of the answer of prayer. Uh, let me read the verses to you real fast. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, starting in verse 12, it says, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and has chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I, I send pestilence among my people. Then he goes into the, my favorite verse. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and will heal their land. Now my eyes shall be open and my ears shall attend unto the prayers that is made in this place. For I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever, and my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. You know, I think this is such an awesome thing. And, and, and you know, we all know verse 14 very well, if my people, which are called by my name. But if you listen to all of it, here, here's what's happened. Solomon has built the temple. And it says there in, the, in verse 12, it says, you know, that our verse 12 said, the Lord appeared unto Solomon by night. You know, this was actually the second great appearance of God to Solomon in First Kings chapter nine, verse twelve, one through two talks about it. This this right here happening. The first is described in in First Kings chapter three, verses five through fourteen, and th- that's where he talks to Solomon and asks him about what he wants. And Solomon tells him he wants wisdom. So, you know, both of them, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God has asked what he should give. Listen to the story here as I read this. I'm going to start in verse 5. And give me in. The Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and the Lord said, What shall I ask? What shall I give thee? And Solomon said, Thou hast shown unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. Thou hast kept him from this great kindness, and thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is to this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father. But I am a little child, and I don't know how to go out or come in, and thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people, but thou cannot be numbered nor counted for the multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I must may discern between good and bad, for who is able to judge this thy so great a people? 
And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And the Lord said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, thou hast not asked for thyself a long life, neither hast thou asked for riches for thyself, nor hast thou asked for life of thine enemies, but thou hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words, and lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there is none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall there arise like unto thee. And I also has given thee that thou which has not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. And if thou wilt walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, did walk I will lengthen thy days. You know, it's good to understand that God appeared to Solomon the first time. It's kind of uh, even better that God granted the, the unique appearance to the Solomon the second time. So it's, it's not nothing strange to him when God shows up as they've dedicated the temple. You know, if you read the, the whole chapter 7, you you read where they dedicate the temple. God comes down and Shekinah glory just fills the temple. And they, they it's just wonderful. But here he is appearing to Solomon that night again in a dream. And he, he tells him these things. He says, you know, he I love what he, he tells, you know. He says, I have heard your prayer, Solomon. The great prayer of Solomon, which is, you know, 1 Kings chapter First Kings eight meant meant nothing unless God heard means nothing unless God hears the prayer. He, he says, you know, he he says, if God don't hear your prayers, what good is it if you think about it? That's a true uh, measure of our prayers is if God hears them. My Bible tells me if there's sin between in my life, God doesn't hear them. So we need to make sure when we pray that our heart is right. You know, if you've got sin there, if you've got something you're dealing with, give it to God. Pour it out on that altar. He says he'll hear you, and he, he heard Solomon that night. And so he, he, he goes there. You know, this answer seems to, to come many years after the actual dedication of the temple is what some people believe. You know, they believe that this happened later after the temple because it says, Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord in verse, uh, verse 11 and his house. So this come after the temple. So it's not like it happened that same night. But he, he says, you know, I have chosen this place myself. For myself as a house of sacrifice, it says. So the building was Solomon's work, and he done with the power and inspiration of God. And the consecration of the building, though, was God's work. You know, Solomon could build a building, but only God could hallow it in his presence. That's like church on Sunday. You think about it. We build a building, we go to it, but the only way the Holy Spirit shows up if the people are, you know, they're gathered in his name. Jesus said, we're two or more gathered in my name. You know, you think about that. When you go to church or you gather to worship, why are you there? Are you there for Jesus? Or are you there for yourself? Because if, if, if like only one of you is there for Jesus and the other one's there, I just hear because because mama expects me to, or, or my husband expects me to, my wife expects me to be there, then you're not really there in Jesus' name. You're not there for the purpose of communing with the Savior. You're there to, to make other people proud of you. So you have to think about that. So God looked at Solomon's work. He looked at what they were doing in the house, and he said, this house, you know, it's going to be my place. And, and so he, he's given that. But in verse 13, he kind of gives 
Awesome a little idea. He says, if, if I shut the heavens up that there's no rain, or I command the locusts to come and devour the ground, or if I send a pestilence among my people, he says, this is going to happen. And you think about this right now. Here in America, we have basically, you can say, a pestilence. We have something horrible going on. And the question is, what are we doing about it? We need to look at verse 14 and realize that God had given them things. He said, if I send this bad stuff or if I allow this stuff to happen, basically is what it amounts to, then here's what you need to do. So as we're, we're standing in in the midst of this pandemic, as we're standing in the middle of these problems, we need to do what verse 14 says, where it says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. But he also goes a little further and says, and seek my face. What a wonderful promise in this context, God's promise. He says this, he says, you got to do a couple things. You got to humble yourself. You know, there's something uh, naturally humbling when you pray, or it should be. I've heard some people who can pray. Man, I got some people I love to listen to pray because when they pray, they pray from the heart. But there's some people who just turn out generic popcorn prayers because they're not praying from their heart. They're not humbling themselves before God. The word humble is kana in Hebrew, and it means to be brought low or to put under subjection. So basically, if you're going to humble yourself, if you're going to do us as if my people, which are called by my name, which is if the Christians are doing what Christ tells us to do and humble ourselves, we're putting ourselves under subjection to Jesus Christ. He's not just our Savior. He's the Lord of our life. And the question is today, are, is Jesus the Lord of your life? As this tells you to humble yourself, is he? Are you coming under subjection to him in everything you do, or is he just a, a convenience for you? And and so he, I think that was one thing that was happening to the people. There were some that were humbling themselves. That Jesus, the Lord of the Bible, was their God. They 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 worshipped him. And then there were those who were just going through it. We see that in the book of Isaiah. All throughout it, one of their sins was they were going through the acts of worship, but they weren't doing it with their whole heart. So if we look in there, it says, if my people are called my name, you know, that had it, you know, this is a, a, a thing that God has told them. He, he, they were his promised people. That was what they were known, out of, known as. So this same God who made this promise to Israel still raised in the heaven and he'll, 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 he'll respond to his people that humble themselves to him. So, you know, that's one of the blessed things we have. I'm called by the name of the title of his son. I'm a Christian. Do I do I act like I should? I ought to realize I've been chosen by my God to represent him. So, you know, even though this invitation was given to, to his people, to, you know, basically here in, in, in 2 Corinthians verse 14 and also in, in Corinthians Chronicles 7, 14 and in 2 Chronicles 6, 32 and 33, you know, it makes it clear that how do you become one of these people? It's anyone who acknowledges God's name and the authority may pray with the same confidence of hearing this. So if God is your savior, you can do this. This passage therefore consists of with others where the invitation is to speak explicitly extent to all who call upon the name of the Lord. So if you're a child of God, if you've been saved, this passage means is for you if my people which are called by my name
Now, he, he tells us that. Humble yourself and pray and seek God's face. But then he goes a little further into it. He says, and turn from their wicked ways. You know, th- this is a, an awesome answer to a prayer here, but it has a content- condition of repentance. You know, as the people of God humble themselves and seek, they also got to turn from the wicked ways. You know, what wicked ways do you need to turn from? I have to ask myself constantly because we all got it. I've got plenty of them. There's things that I, I shouldn't do. And you say, well, preacher, what do you do? I'm not going to tell you my sins. Uh, God knows them. But I'll tell you one sin that we probably all have in common, and that's when we come judgmental. You ever done that? Look at other people and look down on them or, or things in your life. Maybe maybe when, when you're not around, around other Christians, maybe you got you let those four-letter words slip out, or maybe your attitude's not quite the same, and or maybe you're mad at somebody. Whatever it is, whatever is displeasing to God, we need to turn from it. We need to humble ourselves. We need to do what God tells us. We need to repent in our life. You know, you know when Paul says, work out your salvation daily, I understand what he means because, man, it is a it's a struggle. We are flesh, and, and the flesh likes to do things. And if we allow the flesh to lead us, let me tell you, you'll, you'll never accomplish anything. You need to let the Spirit lead you. You need to let that humble yourself before God and seek his face. If we would do that on a daily basis, we'd be different people. If America would do what God tells them to do right here, if the Christians in America, let me bring back up, not just say America, but if God... God's people, which are in America, would do this verse. If we'd humble ourselves, seek his face, and turn from our wicked ways, then listen to what he says from He says, I will hear from heaven. God simply promises when you do this, he'll listen to you. He'll bring forgiveness to his people. He'll bring healing to the land for his people. Salem says this. He says, their expressions are best understood as a four faucets of one attitude, that sinners should seek God himself and humble repentance rather than four separate the steps on a long road to forgiveness. We need to do what God tells us to do. You, you think the Bible talks a lot about uh, about uh, uh, humbling yourself. There, there's some, some main people in the Bible. Uh, I think about Manassas. Manassas was a very evil king, but we can look in, in 2 Chronicles 33, verses 12, 19, and 23, where he humbled himself, and he actually prays out to God, this man who is so wicked. The, the Bible tells that he, he t- when he turned back to the Lord, there was nobody that ever turned so great as him, but his sin was so bad that many times that it, it's mentioned throughout the Bible. And you think, uh, what's it like to, to to pray to God? Think about Hezekiah, who who is laying there dead, and he turns and humbles himself before God. He turns the wall and he prays, and God hears him. So we see that when God, when you seek God, it's a wonderful thing. You know, uh, when you turn your by looking like look at Hezekiah, look at what he did, like he did, and man, I think how great that is that that God listened to his prayers and extent, took the illness away from. And extended his life that he might do more good. So we as God's people need to humble ourselves. We need to pray because God can heal this land. You think about it. This this sickness could be gone tomorrow. It could if we would if we'd pray. If it's God's will. I wonder sometimes if He's just trying to wake us up. Are we listening? Are we so focused on the news that all we hear is the bad things? God's still in control. He's still healing. You know, 
Uh, I like what he says. He says, my eyes, my heart shall shall be there. You know, he, he says, my, my eyes will be open. My ears shall attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. God promises special attention to the prayers offered at the temple. So he, he's also, and you think, if you're a child of God, you're a temple of the living God. So the son of David built that one, but God has built us. So I think that's an awesome thing. He says, you know, he goes on, he talks about his eyes, his heart will be there perpetually. The idea of having God, having a heart, the idea of God having a heart is kind of rare in the Bible, if you think about it. He don't talk about that that much. You know, the only other explicit reference of speaking of God's suffering heart pains in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 6, verses 6, or chapter 8, verses 21, 1 Samuel 13, 14, and Acts 13, 22. You know, but you realize how we're much like God. He has a heart we have. When he's my eyes and my heart shall be there. When your heart's there, you care about it. You know, if, you know, I think about my heart is given to my wife. I love her beyond belief and God's blessed me with her. And if it wasn't for that, you know, there's times she'd probably just about well, bury me alive in the backyard somewhere, but she's my heart and God's my heart and my heart belongs to him. And, and to think that he says my heart will be there perpetually is an awesome thing. So I wanted to look at that set of verses because that's such a promising set of verses to me because I know that if we would do what God says, humble ourselves and pray, he'll hear and he'll forgive us. His eyes will be open and his ears will hear our prayers. But first, we got to humble ourselves. Now I want you to take your Bibles tonight. We're going to turn to Isaiah chapter 40. Uh, Isaiah chapter 40. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I, I actually could. I might do this in a little bit more uh, than I thought about it. Um, but I want to look just a little bit. Let's look at verse 1 of chapter 4. It says, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith the Lord your God. God opens this verse up and he he's comforting his people. You know, for the, the previous 39 chapters in Isaiah uh had passages of comfort and hope, but there was a lot of judgment and warning in those sections. So here in chapter 40, and we'll actually cover those in our Bible study, but here in chapter 40, the tone shifts and and God talks about comfort and blessings and the full glory of God. And there's awesome verses in here and I'd really like to get into them, but tonight before we leave, before I I stop, I want to look at... uh, Verses 28 through 31 is really where I'd like to, to, to focus tonight. We'll come back to some of these others, but I just want to close with these tonight. And I want to thank you for, for, for listening to our podcast and, and watching our sermons on Facebook. And, and I, I ask you to continue to pray for us as we got so much going on around. But, but listen to these verses. And it says, Has thou known, has thou not heard that the everlasting God the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. Now listen to what he does. It says, he gives power to the faint. To them that have no might, he increases strength. Even you shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run <coughs> and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Man, what some wonderful verses that God gives us. He gives power to the faint, or basically you could say power to the weak. And, you know, as he, he's explained his glory and everything in the previous verses, now he, he gives us a benefit that we receive from God. He gives us his power. Notice that he gives it to the weak, those who have no might and increased strength. You, you think those who are proud and confident in their own wisdom and strength, mm-hmm. you know, they, they don't get strength from God. They get it from themselves. But God says, those of you that are weary, those of you who, who have no strength, and in this time, it's something that's a promise to us. As we go through the things that we're going through right now, it seems to just sometimes take all your hope, all your joy away from you. God says, I'm here. You just got to turn to me. Go back to Second Chronicles. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then listen to what God says. He says, if you ain't got no strength, I'll give it to you. He, he tells us, even youth shall faint and be weary. You know, the, those who thought themselves strong find themselves weak. You know, I, I think about that. I think about some of these people who tell me, oh, I'm going to be all right. You know, you might get it, Steve, and die, but I'll be all right. But, you know, we never know because uh, the Bible here says even youth shall faint. And basically he's talking about those who are strong, those who have everything. They can faint. They can be weary. You can be in what you think is the best physical shape. But if it's your time to go, it doesn't matter what you do. God's going to take you home. I mean, it's, it's just that's the way it is. You know, God's strength's reserved for those who are weak and who have no might. So he reminds us of this. But listen to what he says he's going to do. He's going to give you the strength. He says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So how do you receive that strength? You got to wait on God. You know, the idea behind wait on God is not just sitting there and, and passively sitting around until God does something. Yeah, he gives us strength, but, you know, we, we don't expect it as he's going, as if he, he, he were pouring it out on you as you just sit there. He brings it to us when we seek him. Remember, the, the whole, listen to the whole thing. Don't just take just bits and pieces out of it. Listen to what the whole world tells you. Listen to what Second Chronicles. If my people which call my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek. So you've got to be doing something. You know, you, I think that's what a lot of people get to under, misunderstanding. You ever notice the Bible's a reactionary Bible a lot of times. You want to get saved, you got to call upon the name of the Lord. You, you want to get strength, you got to seek him. Yeah, and, you know, he tells them they shall run and not be weary. And this, this is the people who are actually doing something. These ain't people who are just sitting there. He says they're working. They're running. They're not going to be weary. You might think you ain't got no strength during this time. You might not be able to get out of your house. Might not be able to go different places. Let me ask you this. When you're in your house, how much time are you on your knees? How much time are you in God's word? Are we just sitting there? Are we praying for each other? Are we lifting each other up? Pray for those now who are working. Pray for those now who are sick. Pray for those now who are struggling mightily. You've got the ability to do something, to seek the Lord, to turn from your wicked ways. Repent. Every one of us ought to be repenting every day. God, I'm sorry for things I've done. I'm sorry for the thoughts in my mind. I'm sorry for the things I haven't done. You know, we ought to be doing things such as that because we ought to realize God will give you the strength you need to make it through this time.
but you got to do what he says. Let's close with a word of prayer tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that as your people, Lord, that we will humble ourselves. Father, we'll seek you. We'll pray. Father, that we'll we'll turn from our wicked ways. And we know that when we do this, you say you'll heal heal our land. Lord, not only that, healing our land, but you'll give us strength to continue, strength to be what you would have us to be. Father, somebody here might that's listening to this might end up getting this virus. They might say, why, Lord, why me? But Heavenly Father, let them realize that, that you're right there with them. Lord, that if they make it through, it's because of your grace. Lord, if they don't, you'll be, they'll be home with you. Father, I pray that you bless the church tonight. Lord, bless those that are studying your word. Bless those that are calling out to your name. Father, forgive me for failing you. Lord, I wished I could speak more eloquently. Lord, I wished I had more wisdom. But Father, I thank you for the gifts that you've given me and the things you've given me a heart to do. I pray, Lord, that I do what I should. Lord, I pray that I'm the kind of man you would want me to be, the kind of husband, father, pastor, Lord, that you would have me to be. On my job, Lord, I pray you help me to be the best that I can do. Lord, I pray for everybody that's listening tonight, Lord, that the same things go for them. Lord, whatever they're doing, Lord, that they do it for your honor, for your glory, because Father, we're called to be your people that are called by your name. Help us to be what we need to be. Give us the strength we need. Give us the discernment we stand in need of tonight. But most importantly, Lord, I pray for the healing of this land. Lord, I pray for this sickness to be removed, or Lord, for you to come get the church and take us home, whatever it is. So Father, tonight I pray for the lost. I ask, Lord, that that you let them hear the word of God. Lord, let it change their heart. Let them realize that they need to call upon you and be saved. Lord, I pray tonight that you help us to be the witnesses we need to be. Thank you for all that you do. Lord, I bless you. I praise you. Lord, I can't wait till the time I get to be back with my brothers and sisters praising you. Thank you for everything you do. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen and amen.